Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We're in uh, John chapter 11. If you're new with us today or if it's your first time after a little while, we're in, a, in the middle of a study going through the entire Gospel of John. And so today we're going to hit the first 44 verses of chapter 11. And, uh, and so if you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. You won't have to turn very far after that. So you can kind of stick your finger in that spot or stick your bullet in that spot so you know where you're at. I'll stall for you so you can get there. And when you get there, just yell amen and we'll know that we're all at the right place. We're looking for John chapter 11. You can grab a Bible in front of you. That's cool. You can grab an electronic one out of your pocket. You can go into your purse or your neighbor's purse or anything you want. That'll be, that'll be fantastic. That'll be fantastic. While you're doing that, let me just give one, one more quick plug. Next week in your bulletin, you'll see an envelope that looks like this, and it says on it, Haiti Offering. Uh, our, our office admin, Marcus, is going to be putting these together for us this week. You'll see envelopes that look like this that say Haiti Offering. They'll be in the bulletin this, next week and the week afterwards, and that's where we're raising our funds to support the, cheap, the trip that's going down there. And so if you want to bring a special offering um, above and beyond your tithe next week, specifically for the Haiti Offering, you can stick it into those envelopes and then make sure you pass that along in, uh, in the offering plate in the next week or two. Amen? Amen? Father God, would you bless your word as we get into it? I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm ready to go, God. I hope that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that I'm not ahead of you, Lord. I want to be right in line with your spirit, God. I want to be step by step as you're going, Father. So teach through your word today, God, and impart your word into us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to be looking at John chapter 11. Let me just tell you real quickly, I'm going to give you the four points. I've been doing this the last couple of weeks. I think it's been helpful for some folks. I'm going to give you the four points that I'm going to try to point out today. And, uh, and then hopefully when we point them out, you're like, oh, he just did it. That's great. All right, so the four things I'm going to say today, in case you're just really short on the attention, you get right at the beginning. Here's your nugget. Here it is. The first thing I'm going to say this morning is that knowing the will of God eliminates urgency. Let me say that again. Knowing the will of God eliminates urgency urgency. We'll, we'll talk more about it when we get there, but some, for some people are like, oh, I want to hear that part. That's good. All right, here's the second one. Knowing the will of God allows us to face death. Knowing the will of God allows us to face death. Third thing, sometimes we just need to go and meet with Jesus. Amen? Sometimes we just need to go and meet with Jesus. And the last thing kind of in the question form, what is holding you back? from gospel living. What is holding you back from gospel living? Looking at the gospel of John chapter 11, this is what the word of God says. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary uh, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus was, now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now he heard this, Jesus, now when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you. And yet you want to go back? 
Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daylight will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if, if he sleeps, he's going to get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also named Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Mm. We'll pick up more in a minute, but let's, uh, let's get going here. So um, G- we, pick, we pick up the story where uh, Jesus is, uh, he's away, and, uh, and word is going to come to him, it's coming to him that, that his good friend has fallen sick. And, uh, and there's a lot to unpack in this, in, in this uh, entry point uh, about Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And um, I want to start off by saying uh, that, that uh, in verse 3 it says, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, probably was about uh, 20 miles away. Jesus was probably about 20 miles away, which uh, like at a really fast clip would be a full day's travel, right? Like if the messenger made no stops, that was a full day of travel to get that, to cover that 20 miles. So the word got across 20 miles that the one that you love is sick. When he heard that, Jesus replied, sickness will not end, in, this sickness will not end in death. Um, if you read through the story, you know that Lazarus dies. Okay, I want to help you in case you aren't familiar with the story very far. Lazarus dies in this story. And yet Jesus just said a minute ago that his first response, his initial response was, but this story will not end in death. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me help us understand that sometimes what we perceive, sometimes what we think, sometimes the way we would like to see it work out is not, let me say that again, is not lined up with what God is doing. That God is doing something that's greater than or beyond what you and I can see. Matter of fact, like this, I, just the other day I was in the just yesterday I was in the car and uh, my daughter was drawing. Right, she was drawing something and and it just looked to me like scribble. And as I looked back on the page, I was like, oh, cute, she's scribbling on a piece of paper. But if I waited long enough, the picture came together. So when she gave it to me, I was like, oh, that's a bird. But when I first looked at it, it just looked like a bunch of scribble, right? Sometimes we're interjecting into the Lord's story and all we see is scribble. We don't know how that story is going to work out. We don't, we don't know what God is doing there. We don't, we don't know where this is directing us. We just, we're in the midst of it. We're like, oh, that's, that's, just, that's just scribble on a page. But if we wait a little bit longer... God's going to reveal a picture to us that that makes a whole lot more sense than the scribble that I saw when I looked back a few minutes ago. Amen? Amen? Sometimes, somebody just here needs to hear this, sometimes we just need to wait and say, God, I trust that what you're going to do is going to work out. It might not be the way I thought it would be. It might not be how I lined it up. It might not be the way I would begin to draw the picture. But if I wait long enough, 
God, I believe your divine picture will come to be, that, it, that, that I'll be able to see what you're doing. So, so the, the word comes to Jesus that the one you love is sick, and Jesus' response is that sickness will not end the day. It will not win. Death will happen, but that sickness, that death will not be the end of the story. Pick it up in verse 4 with me. He says, no, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. It is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Have you ever been in something that you're just like, I have no idea why I'm going through this? Anybody ever has something happen to them? I, I just don't get it. Like, you try to do all the right things. You know, like, when I was young, I was told, mind your P's and yeah, somebody else heard that too, right? Mind your P's and Q's. And so you try your very best to mind your P's and Q's, and, and you dress the right part, and you say the right things. And, you know, a couple years ago, I told that story. I said, uh, I, said I heard it one time, and it stuck with me. Um, a, a word of counsel from an from a older man to a younger man said, uh, said uh, you know, oh, forget it. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm too far into it, I gotta tell you. So the, the word of counsel from an older man to a younger man was, you know, when you're, when you're picking out the lady you're gonna spend the rest of your life with, you know, um, I, don't, I, I don't spit and I don't chew and I won't go with girls that do. That was the word of counsel that came, right? Like, you know, like, and for those who don't understand that, look at the people who are laughing and talk to them about it later, all right? And so, but you try to do all that you can to say, I'm gonna I line up for the right part. This happens both in our personal and our professional world, right? Think about the professional world. How many of us, we chased, right? We got everything. We got, we got all the letters after our name. We did all the right things. And then for some reason, it didn't line up the way we wanted it to. And did it happen to anybody? Am I the only one? Did it happen to anybody else in the world? Like, did anybody else, you know, you thought, like, you know, you, 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 you applied for the apprenticeship, and you did that thing, and you, you, you did everything you were supposed to do to get you ready for this, but, but the big breakthrough never happened the way you thought it was going to. Anybody? No? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Some of you. And, and cool that if it never happened to you, that's great, too. Like, if the breakthrough happened for you, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm glad. I'm glad. But, but in the story, in the story, um, we see that Jesus is is saying that uh, in the second half of verse 4, that sometimes when the things happen, when the affliction comes, the affliction is meant to bring God glory. Now, pastor friend said to me this week, he said, uh, he said, I don't believe that there's a demon under every rock, but I believe there's demons under some rock. I don't believe that every time something goes wrong, we got to look at it and say, that's what that is. You know, like I stubbed my toe. Oh, God must be teaching me a lesson. You know, no, I just stubbed my toe. You know, like, you know, like I, I, it's not that every time something happens like that, we got to look and be like, God's doing this or, or God didn't want that. Or, you know, I knew I should. I knew I shouldn't have got out of bed on the right side. I should have got out of bed on the left side today because, you know, it's not that. But there are times as described right here in Scripture, there are times when the affliction has nothing to do with what you've done, has nothing to do with what, you've, what you haven't done, has nothing to do with what you stepped in or what you stepped out of. It really has to do with the fact that God is going to use it. That God is going to use it. There's a, uh, uh, a friend of mine who's a pastor over in Gladwin, PA, which uh, just kind of west of here, and uh, his his uh, his organist and and uh, choir director passed away from uh, a battle with cancer, and um, and nobody I, I have no explanation for why cancer exists. I, I think it's evil, 
I have no explanation for it. Um, I don't know that that is the work of the devil or anything of that sort. I, I don't have an answer for why it exists. But what I know is this. The funeral service for the organist was packed, was overflowing. And the gospel was made plain and clear. Now, I don't know that that God allowed the affliction so that he could work out what he was going to work out through the funeral, but I know this, God worked something out at the funeral. So I don't know what you're going through or what you're in, but if you're looking at it, you're like, I don't know why I'm battling against this, Lord, I give it to you. I'm in it, so Lord, I give it to you. I give it to you. I mean, Paul, remember Paul talking about the thorn in his flesh, and, and you know, he would have liked it to be gone, but it wasn't. And so surrender it to the Lord. Lord, allow this to be my humbling point, right? Allow this to be what keeps me settled. Oh, baby, Juliana, first Sunday. You're still great. You're still great. So, so I'll, I'll, let, me, let me again just say that the affliction uh, that Jesus points to is meant to bring God glory. The battle that Lazarus was in that was bringing him to death is going to be something that brings God glory. Verse 5, Jesus loves Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Note that Jesus' love is not just for one of them, but he, he loves that entire family unit, and, and uh, he expresses his love for them in this response. I, I, look, there, this, is a, this is one of these moments where you just scratch your head. Read verse 5 with me. Now You don't have to read it out loud. Just read it to yourself. Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. Dot, dot, dot. Pick up the middle of verse 6. So he stayed where he was for two more days. Come on, somebody had to have seen this. The scripture says that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now watch this. If I call you and I tell you I need something, right, and you tell me you love me, I expect that you're going to do what? You're going to come right away. You're going to come right then, right? I call you, and I'm like, I'm broken down on the side of the road, and you're like, Pastor, I love you. I know that when you hang up, you're getting in the car and coming, right? It just says that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So he waited for two more days before he came. Does anybody else think, why in the world would you do that? That doesn't seem like love to me. Come on, am I the only one? Somebody out there saying, look, 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 that doesn't seem like the natural expression of love. Like, there's a need, and you run to meet it, right? Now, think, you, you can turn back there if you want, or you can think back into your mind. But uh, go back to uh, John chapter 4, question mark. John chapter 4, yeah, John chapter 4. You remember back in John chapter 4? There was a guy who, whose son was dying. John chapter 4, I'm around verse 43. There was a guy whose son was dying. And, uh, and he goes and he meets Jesus and he says, Jesus, my boy's about to die. And Jesus is like, all right, let's go. And he says, no, 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 you don't need to come. What do you say? Just say the word and he'll be healed. And Jesus is like, okay, cool, yeah, healed. And he's healed. He's healed. 
Now look, that story has gotten around, right? So Mary and Martha, they, 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 they're, they're, not, they're not ignorant of that story, right? Oh, Jesus, the great healer, he could do this. And so they reach out to Jesus, two day, uh, two, uh, 20 miles away, uh, one full day away. They reach out to Jesus and say, Jesus, my brother's about to die. He's going to die. We, we, just do something. He's going to die. And they know that all Jesus has to do is say, heal. And it'll be done. And Jesus says, death's not going to be the end of it, so let's just hang out for two more days. Now, in the minute of that, in the moment of that, that feels heavy. That feels like, mm, that's not what I wanted from my Jesus. Right? Come on, somebody. Somebody out there. You, know, you, you, you have a different expectation. Anybody have a different expectation of Jesus before in life? Like you thought you wanted Jesus to do this or you wanted Jesus to do that. Or, you know, I remember, I remember even before I knew who Jesus was, I remember praying at one point um, and, and whatever prayer was for me, I was like, hey, uh, big guy in the sky, you know, like um, I want her to like me. I think it was in like third grade and I put a little note in her pencil box and, uh, and, uh, and she put a note back in my pencil box that said, stop putting notes in my pencil box. <laughs> I was like, you're not out there. You're just not out there. I had a different expectation for what he was going to do. He was preparing me to wait a whole long time until I met Michelle. But I thought maybe in third grade she was going to be it, right? And so... Um, I had a different expectation to God. I imagine that Mary and Martha had a little bit of a different expectation because what happened after they sent the messenger on the way was that same day their brother died. He was sick when they sent the message, and that same day he died. And I imagine their expectation was Jesus is going to fix that before he goes. But when he dies, you can imagine what's happening in the days in between before Jesus comes back into town. I give it away that Jesus comes back into town. Keep coming along with me, if you will. Knowing the will of God allows you, knowing the will of God eliminates urgency. Why is it that Jesus doesn't run? He gets word that somebody is sick. Why is it that he doesn't immediately heal or immediately run in that direction? I get a phone call, and, and, I, and, I, do, and I get panicky, and I got, I got to go. I got to go. I got, I got to drop everything. I got to get there right away. Why is it that Jesus doesn't do that? Because he knows the will of the Father. He understands that God is going to work this out in a way that brings God honor, glory. This is the death of his closest friend. This is the death of someone that he loves. This is something worth crying about. We'll see that in a minute. And Jesus' response is, he waits. Trusting the will of God, he waits. I'm going to struggle with waiting. Come on, come on. I'm waiting for you to put your hand up. Come on. We struggle with waiting, right? Especially over things that we can't manipulate along the way. Right? Like things we have nothing that we can do with along the way. We really struggle. If, if, we, can, if we can pull the levers, it's a little easier to wait. Right? If you're driving, it's a little easier to wait. Right? But if you're in a passenger seat, you're like, You know, come on, why, why, are you, why are you stopping on that yellow? Come on, come on, let's get going. You know, like, <clears throat> some of us really struggle 
with waiting, and we need to hear this today, that knowing the will of God is what allows us to eliminate that sense of urgency. God, I know my purpose. I know what I'm for. I, I know what I'm about. I'm about my father's business. I know what you're doing. What, what the opportunity that was in front of Jesus was something that was natural. Like Jesus could have healed. He has already done that. He's put that on display that he can do that. Jesus could have spoken the word and, and life would have just uh, resurrected right in that moment with Lazarus. Jesus could have done that. He, he's done that before. He's done it from a distance. He's done it up close. Like what, what was in front of Jesus was not outside of the realm of what normally would have been something that Jesus should have jumped at. But in this moment, knowing the will of God, he simply waits. Even though the world around him says, this is urgent. This is crushing. We got to get there. He waits. He waits for what? I said the second thing I wanted to tell you this morning is that knowing the will of God allows us to face death. Jesus waits for Lazarus to die. Can we sit with that for a minute? Because all we normally talk about is the life that Jesus brings. But Jesus waits for Lazarus to die. Death, while it is not an end point, a natural point. This side of Genesis chapter 3, everything dies. The author in Ecclesiastes talks about seasons. And there's a season when we live, and there's a season when we die. Death is not something to, to mock or make little of, and it is something that weighs heavy on us when people who we love pass away. You'll find comfort in the rest of this story that Jesus himself felt those same emotions and feelings of, of loss and, 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 and separation that, that you and I are find ourselves afflicted with in the presence of death for someone else. But let me say this to you as clearly as I can. John chapter 11 is a chapter in which we are meant to face the reality that death is in front of us. And while death is in front of us, Jesus does not run for it. Jesus does not run from it. Jesus does not rebuke it. He actually waits for it to happen. But I love the fact that Jesus says death will not be the end of this story. It will not be the end of the story. So I want to remind you that knowing the will of God is what allows us to face death. There's another spot where we face death in this story. Pick it up with me where, uh, where, where Thomas, it's the end of what we were reading. Thomas, who we, we all love Thomas, by the way. Uh, Thomas, we remember um, Thomas infam infamous, infamously known as Doubting Thomas. This is that same Thomas who looks at Jesus who has resurrected and says, Jesus, is that really you? And Jesus says, yes, it's me. And Thomas says, well, let me touch and see just to make sure, right? I mean, which is, which is kind of a creepy thing to go up to Jesus in the resurrected form who's glowing in front of you and say, I just want to touch and make sure that's really you. Like, who else glows and radiates in front of you like that, right? Like, who else has those holes in their hand? Jesus, I just want to make sure somebody's not impersonating you right now. Let me just make sure those, hand, those holes are real. So he goes up to, Doubting Thomas goes up to Jesus and says, hey, let me do that. Now look, I, I named my kid Thomas, so I'm not, I'm not a big fan of calling him Doubting Thomas, right? And so like, I, I, I'm much more excited just about Tommy, right? You know, and, and, and Tommy comes up to Jesus. He's like, Jesus, I need confirmation that this is you. 
And look, some of us sometimes in life, that's where we're at too. We just say, God, I just need to know that this is really you. This is really what you're about. So here in this story in, uh, in, in John chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 16, it says, Thomas says to the rest of the disciples, check this out. This is his word of encouragement to the rest of the disciples. He says, let us also go. Go where? Go with Jesus. And why? So that we might die. I hope you're with me. I'm in verse 16. Let us also go with Jesus that we might die. That's his word. That's his word. We're going to go with Jesus and we're going to die. Why? Because Jesus is running back into town where the people don't want him to be. Remember the last time he was there, they plotted on how to kill him. They said, you know, we're going to put him to death. Why? Because we're not excited about the things that he's doing. He's not the Jesus that we wanted. He's not the Messiah that we were looking for. We actually don't even know if he really is that guy. And so we're just going to put him to death and get rid of him. And now Jesus says, my friend died over there. We got to go back. We got to go back. No man left behind. We're going to go back. We're going to go over there. We're going to go. We're going to go be with him again. And, and the rest of the disciples are like, wait a minute. This just seems like a bad idea. There's 12 of us and there's more of them. All right. Like last time it didn't go well. We barely made it out. Are you sure you want to go back? Jesus doesn't wait for another opinion. He says, giddy up. We're going to go. And Thomas looks at the rest of the disciples and says, all right, guys, this is it. The final ride. Why would you ever follow Jesus into that battle? Because knowing the will of God allows you to be face to face with death. Death has no victory over me. I'm not afraid of what it has. I'm not afraid of what it holds. I'm not afraid of the power that it's been given. Because the reality is my life is tied to the Father. My life is one with the son. My life might end like this, but so will his. And I know that if this life ends like this, the next one will not. My resurrected form will not be hanging on a tree. My resurrected form will be free in the father and Jesus himself faces death and the disciples run with him, knowing that this could cost them everything. They say, you know what? Let's go. Let's go. Let me ask you today, how are you doing at saying, let's go into the face of the hardships, the struggles, the afflictions, the trials, the persecution that are in front of you for Jesus? Is the temptation to slide away? Is the temptation to duck and cover? Or are you saying, God, I'll follow you wherever you take me. I'll go wherever you're leading me. God, you're wanting me to speak up. I'll speak up no matter what it's going to cost me. Right? You go into your workplace and you see something that shouldn't be, and you say, you know, I'm going to use my voice no matter what it's going to cost me, because that's what my father would do. How are you doing it saying yes to the will and the way of the father in spite of the physical consequences that might be in front of you? Let's continue on verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for, come on, somebody got it, for what? For four days, thank you. Somebody's with me. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and to Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. In other words, there was a large crowd of people that were all gathered around the sisters who were left because their brother had died. You know, kind of everybody packed into the house. You can imagine the house overflowing, people looking through the window. You can imagine people on the side streets, and people are there, and they just want to offer words of encouragement to Martha and Mary. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet with him. She left the crowd. Check this out. There was a bunch of people who were there for her. They had come to her house to be with her, to support her, to encourage her, to be with her sister. She heard that Jesus was coming, 
and she left the crowd. She left. She went on her own. When, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet with him, and Mary stayed at home. I remember I said I was going to say this to you. Sometimes we just need to go and meet with Jesus. Sometimes we just need to step out of whatever we're in, and we just need to go and spend some time with Jesus. No matter what we're in, no matter how good it is, Mary and Martha were gathered together with people who they loved and people who loved them, and those people were bringing words of encouragement and flowers and gifts and fruitcakes and anything else that they would bring during that time, and they were all packed into the house. And she said, you know what? I heard that Jesus is coming, and I just need to go. It's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't, it's not that I don't appreciate you. It's not that I don't value you. It's not that I'm not excited about the cakes that you brought. It's just the reality that sometimes when everything else is going on in life around us, I just need to go and be with Jesus. We see Jesus do this a lot in the scripture where he leaves whatever's going on and he goes with the father. He goes off to the side and he spends time. He, he goes to the other side of the lake and he spends time. He goes to the top of the mountain and he spends time. And, and I just wonder if you and I are really actually going and spending time. Are we really actually going and saying, God, here I am? Or are we just saying, God, get me through this? God, get me through this. God, get me through this. Are we going and spending time with Jesus? Somebody might need to hear this today. You need to go and spend time with Jesus. You need to literally go and spend time with Jesus. Jesus, get in your car and drive someplace where everybody else is not and just park for a while and spend time with Jesus. Put on something that allows you to think about who God is. Listen to the word of God. Read the word of God. Spend time in prayer with God. Like, just go and spend time with Jesus. Go for a walk with somebody who reminds you of Jesus and talk to them about Jesus and allow Jesus to, uh, to influence your life through that person. Like, just go and be with Jesus. She was devastated. Her brother had died. The one who she thought could help had not helped. Everything that she had tried to work out had fallen apart. And what did she do? She went and spent time with Jesus. If I know you at all, I know this about you. You work really hard to try to work things out, amen? You're willing to put in a grind to try to work things out. Whatever it takes, you're like, I'll arm wrestle this down, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll battle the giant, whatever it is. You're willing to put it in to try to work things out. So here's some freedom for you. Go spend time with Jesus. Go spend time with Jesus. Don't be lazy, but go spend time with Jesus. Allow him to instruct how you might work it out. You're going to see that play out here in a minute. All right, here we go. Let's keep going. Lord, uh, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. You, see, you hear what she's asking without asking, right? Y'all hear what she's asking without asking? Come on, somebody. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, right? So Jesus, you could have stopped this. You could have stopped this. You didn't. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you want. Now, she ain't asking for it, but you hear what she's asking for, right? <clears throat> I know you can do it, Jesus. I know you can. I know you can. I know you can. Jesus replies to her 23, your brother will rise again. Now, Martha, she makes sense of that. 
I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. In other words, I have faith that, that she will be on the other side when I get there someday. Because Jesus just said, your brother's going to rise again. She's like, I know that. I'm not worried about whether he's on the eternal side. I miss him here on the temporal side. You could have made it so he had more days here with me. And Jesus 25, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives it by believing in me will never die. Then he looks at her in the eye. Do you believe this? Jesus declares, I am that resurrection. I am the life. And whoever believes in me will never die. Do you believe that? Oh, check this out, y'all. Check this out. I believe that this, 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 this uh, verse right here is, 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 a, is, is as much applicable to us today as it was to Martha that day. Jesus squaring each one of us up and saying, I am the resurrection. I am where life is found. If you believe in me, you'll never die. And the pause, and then the question. But do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Martha jumping up and down. Jesus, I know that you can. I know that God will do whatever you want. Jesus pauses her and says, I'm it. Resurrection. Life. Right here. And if you believe me, you can have it. Her reply, yes, Lord. I believe you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God who is to come into the world. If you, uh, real, really quickly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run out of time here in a minute, so go to Romans chapter 6 with me. It's the only time I'm going to ask you to flip today. Romans chapter 6. Just amen if you get there before me. Almost. Romans 6, amen, anybody there? All right, verse 4. We were buried with Jesus through baptism into death in order that just as Jesus was raised from the dead through the, uh, through the glory of the Father, we too may live through life. We were buried with Jesus through the baptism into death in order that just as Jesus was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, that we too may live a new life. This is what Jesus is offering to Martha. Martha, do you know that you can die and then you can live forever? You can die right now to yourself and you can be born with me. To you and I, Jesus says, G Jesus invites us to understand him as the one who gives life both now and forever, not just after we die do we begin to live, but by placing our life with Jesus, now we enter into the life that is eternal. We allow Jesus to begin to work in us here and now, not just after he perfects this, he begins to work in us right now, entering us into something that will last forever. Somebody hear that today. Amen. 
After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary. The teacher is here. Jesus is here, and he's asking for you. And when Mary heard this, she got up quickly, and she went to Jesus. Now, Jesus had not entered into the village, uh, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. I'm in 31. When the Jews who, who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn while she was there. 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Again, she's acknowledging that Jesus has the ability to, and she's saying the same thing her sister said, but you didn't. You could have, but you didn't. 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also were weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and his spirit was troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, they said. 35, and Jesus wept. You know, let me just pause here for one second. There's uh, entire sermons that are preached on this verse, but I simply want to say to you, this is the only time in Scripture when this word, wept, is used. There's other times where it talks about crying, and it's like the gnashing of teeth, and like the, like the middle school girl, I just got dumped by my boyfriend kind of crying, you know, like... No, all right, middle school boy, I did it too, all right? So, you know, like, you know, by my girlfriend, you know? All right, forget it, forget it. You can't see the illustration. But this is the only time where the, the weeping is not about that. It's not about, like, what's going on here, though there's outward expression of that. It's like a deep sorrow. It's like a crying that, like, that just lingers and lingers. And like, the weight of that. All the other times you talk about crying in Scripture have everything to do with like, ah, you know, and this is just like a, a devastating remorse that's over him. So Jesus is crying in this moment in his unique way, and then the Jews said, see, see how much he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Again, the third person now, the fourth person now, the fifth person now saying, Jesus, you could have done something about this. You could have done something out the suggestion that Jesus somehow was less than what people had hoped for. Maybe this is kind of the ammunition that would be used. See, Jesus, you can't really do the things you say you could do. You can't do, you can't even keep your own people happy. I mean, heck, you can't even take care of your best friends. You can't keep death from coming. How could you defeat the powers of the world? 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, comes to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Sound familiar? Come on, sounds familiar for somebody, right? We're coming up to that week in, a, in, a, in, a, in just a couple weeks, right? 39, take away the stone. Take away the stone, Jesus commands. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor. For he has been there for four days. In other words, Jesus, if we, if we do this, we're just going to taste and experience death. It's going to overwhelm us. The stench of it is going to fill us. It's going to be our last memory of my brother. Don't expose me to that. 40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you believe you will see the glory of God. There's a physical and a spiritual component back and forth here that Jesus is playing. If you believe, you will see physically the glory of God revealed and spiritually the renewal of life. 
So they took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I'm saying this for the benefit of those standing around me, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, don't ever miss hearing this, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in in strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Lazarus, who had been in the tomb for, for four days. Lazarus, who was well dead. Lazarus, who, who, who was the, 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 the thing that everybody was, the person that everybody was pointing to and saying, Jesus, you could have, but you didn't. I said this morning sometimes that, that knowing the will of God eliminates the sense of urgency. I said this morning that knowing the will of God allows us to face death. I want to say to us again that sometimes we need to just go meet with Jesus. But the last thing I want to say to us this morning is that something's holding you back from living a godly life. Jesus looks at death, stares into the tomb, and from the dead cave, he calls the living From the corpse, he calls life. And when he calls that thing to life, he gives it the full ability to function. He gives it the full ability to participate. He gives it back everything that it once had and even more. Imagine Lazarus' view from this day forward. My best friend gave me life. He he brought me back to life. He resurrected what once was dead. I tasted death, but he brought me back. I believe this is true for me and for you that sometimes we're sitting in some spot and we're tied to something that's dead and Jesus is just saying, take off the grave clothes and come and live the gospel life that I have for you. Let go of what's holding you back and step into what I have ahead of you. Jesus might be calling you and he might be calling me to step forward and say, Jesus, I'm here. The let, let this life go. I'm here. I, I, I give to you all that I have. I surrender to you all of my way. I simply say, Jesus, whatever it is, whatever you're asking of me, if you can call the dead to life, you can do something with the little bit of life I got left. I don't care if it's this or this or this. Jesus, I give it to you that you might do something with it. Somebody's in the cave today. Somebody's behind the tomb today. Somebody is dead even though they're still walking around. And Jesus is simply calling you, let go of the grave clothes. Let go of everything that looks like death. Let go of everything that's leading you away and come over in my direction. Step out of what you've been in and step into what I have ahead of you. You might be Martha. You might be Mary. You hear Jesus is coming into town. You got somewhere you're supposed to go. Get on the way and get out there. Go spend some time with Jesus so you know what it means to undress so that he might redress you in life, in gospel living life. I believe this for every one of us. I believe that when we tie ourselves to something that's dead, we miss the purpose of what God has ahead of us. But if we let go of the things that that look less like him and we run to the things that look more like him, I believe that's when we find ourselves centered in what God has for us. Jesus knew what the Father had for him, so he didn't run in any other direction. He waited. He said, God, now's the time. And he got up and he went. Knowing the will of God eliminates our sense of urgency. Knowing the will of God allows us to face the death and the persecution that comes with it. Sometimes we just need to go spend a minute with Jesus. And for you and for me today, 
The application is, what is it that we need to let go of to undress that we might be able to live the gospel life that's ahead of us? I'm going to pray for you. I pray that while I'm praying for you, God might reveal to you that next step. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I pray, Lord God. God, God, you're calling us to something. You're calling us to step out of something. You're calling us, God, to let go of grave clothes. I mean, think about it. I mean, Lazarus was, he, he, he was all wrapped up in the linens that, that, that bound him to death. And yet, God, you were going to do something in resurrecting him. So when he stepped up mummified, you said, undress him. Get him ready. I got a life ahead of him that is full. Some of us are tied to things that are dead. We're, you know, we're, 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 we've given ourselves away to something or to someone that doesn't reflect Jesus. We, we've gone in some direction that's other than the Father. We, we've gone and played with other gods, but we haven't surrendered to the true God. And, and, so, and so some of us need to let go of some things so we can step into something. We can step into whatever you have ahead of us, God. So God, I pray right now. I pray for revelation in this place, God. I pray right now, God, that you would allow us to say, what is my next step? What does that look like? What are the grave clothes I need to take off? For somebody like me, I, I, need, I need to change the, the station on my radio. I, I just need to fill my mind with something different than what I've been filling my mind with. Some of us are chasing money and fame, and we need to stop doing that because we need to go where God has taken us. Some of us have been given a platform, but we've been afraid to step up onto it. And we, we need to say, God, I'll take that next step. I'll, I'll, stop, I'll stop thinking of myself as less than, and I'll start believing in who you've created me to be. But some of us are so busy working, we just need to be like Mary and Martha. And we, we hear that you're coming to town, and we just need to go spend some time with you. See, I, 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 can't, I can't look like Christ. I can't live like Christ. I can't reflect Christ to the world if I don't know him. Last week, we talked about knowing the voice of the shepherd. If I don't know the shepherd's voice, there's no way I can trust that he's going to be the one who takes care of me. And so, so God, some of us need to just spend time with you. We need, we need to honestly hear you. We need to, you know, podcast and, 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 and scripture reading and, and long walks and, and quiet moments and, and the stillness and, 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 and yet moments that are just profoundly loud, even though no one's talking. We need to spend time with you. God, would you allow us the resurrected life? Would you give us the glimpse, the picture of what it looks like to say, I'm letting go of the things that tie me to death. I'm taking up this new life in Jesus. God, the miracle happened, and that was just one more example. You called someone who was four days dead to a new life that was full. come that you might give us life and that life might be full, complete, abundant. You gave him life and everything that that word holds you gave to us. God, I ain't dead yet. So you ain't got to call me out of the tomb. We're here. We're still active. We're still pumping. You don't need to call us out of the tomb call us forward. Come on, y'all. Come out. Come out of there. I've got a life ahead of you that's worth living. It's full, and it's great. Oh, Jesus, would you just seal this moment? 
allow each one of us to take a step this week walking in a gospel and living life with you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.